The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you for uh, joining us for another segment of Winning Ponies. And wherever you are, I hope you're safe and sound and bundled up because the majority of the audience is under a deep freeze or buried in snow, according to the National Weather Forecast. And that's going to be one of the subjects that we're going to uh, approach tonight. Uh, We're going to talk to one of the country's top percentage trainers, Jeff Greenhill, uh, who ended up the season with a 34% win percentage. Unbelievable. Uh, Jeff, just a fantastic guy for the game, is big on bringing new people in. Uh, he's had just a fantastic role over the last two years with uh, several state champions in different states. He's already uh, notched off a, a recent stakes win with a restricted horse beating Kentucky breads. Jeff's going to tell us what it's like to try to train in the Midwest in a winter like we have been having. And then uh, before him, or uh, after him, we're going to have Jeremy Balin, and Jeremy's kind of the new kid on the block for thoroughbred racing, uh, not in his experience, but in his position. He is more or less the West Coast news editor for the Blood Horse magazine. So we'll be talking with Jeremy Balin, who comes from a long line of handicappers, and since he's out on the West Coast, we're going to key in with him on the races from Santa Anita. Of course, uh, we're really looking forward to uh, seeing and watching and betting on the Santa Anita Handicap, the 75th anniversary of when the great Seabiscuit won this race. And, of course, we've got some greatness in there in shared belief. The question is, it is called the Santa Anita Handicap, a million dollars, grade one, and he's being handicapped with 125 pounds on his back. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays into it. Uh, then we're going to ask uh, Jeremy also uh, to look at the San Felipe, a horse that has a lot of triple crown horses in there. Eight of the ten horses nominated the triple crown. There will be points. And then also another big race that has a lot of history to it, and that's the Gotham Stakes at Aqueduct. But uh, before that, We've got so many good races uh, on the card. I've asked my my good friend Ed Meyer to join us after we hit some national news uh, to look at some of the races from Florida, and we're going to sneak over to Oaklawn Park with a race that has points for the Kentucky Oaks. So, yeah, we're putting 10 pounds in a 5-pound sack again, ladies and gentlemen, but, hey, we're going to try to keep it lively, fun, and interesting. Uh, just want to let you know that uh, Winning Ponies had some big hits again uh, this week across the country, everywhere from uh, Santa Anita to Charlestown. Uh, just yesterday at Charlestown, uh, we had a $1 super that paid 3200 
four dollars uh, on Sunday at Mountaineer. A one dollar pick three paid two thousand eight hundred and seventeen. Uh, down at Delta Downs, a fifty cent pick five returned two thousand. $973. Get your easy win forms. It's awful easy. Winningponies.com. Well, of course, we, uh, we talked about the weather, and it's affecting us all over. A lot of simulcast signals being pulled. Uh, several races uh, were canceled today. Uh, Aqueduct, Laurel, uh, Penn National, Oaklawn Park, uh, Churchill Downs wasn't even open for simulcasting. Uh, if you're listening from Kentucky, God bless you, because uh, they have had snow of epic proportions uh, today, for sure. And um, we did get the Hall of Fame finalists named. Uh, the first six-time finalists, jockeys Victor Espinoza, Corey Nakatani, trainers King Leatherberry, and David Whitley. Uh, accomplished racehorses such as Black Tie Affair, one of my favorites, Labamon, are among the ten people and horses who have made the ballot for this year's Hall of Fame class. So, uh of the ten finalists, how it works is the four who receive the most votes from the hall's 183-member voting panel will be in the induction class. So only four of those ten could be horses, could be individuals. So uh, keep an eye out, and we'll see who makes the Hall of Fame. Our Jockey's Guild Jockey of the Week was Antonio Gallardo, uh, who was in the money on 23 of his 29 mounts. He's down at Tampa Bay Downs, and he is very very hot. And uh, speaking of somebody that's not, uh, that is Ramon Chapa. He got five years from the Texas Racing Commission and a $25,000 fine. They determined that he did carry an electrical shocking device while riding quiet acceleration to victory in a stakes race at Sam Houston Race Park. This is a guy that was his third strike, and he still has an outside chance of coming back. So, uh, Talk about coming back and trying things that uh, they don't normally do. D. Wayne Lucas is known for it. Looks like Take Charge Brandy is going to face Males in the Rebel Stakes. Now think about this, folks. Her presence in this race sets the stage for a showdown between last year's two-year-old champions because the target for the Rebel Stakes is also Bob Baffert's American Pharaoh. So we could have the top two-year-old Philly and Colt squaring off at the Rebel. We'll try to get some Oak Lawn connections to help us with that. Well, there's a lot more national news, but one thing that trumps that is my good friend, the man I admire. Admire, are you really with us? I am here, John. Good evening, and thank you for having me being a part of Winning Ponies Internet Radio Show. Well, I've got one more headline I want to read because I told him I was going to give a shout-out. He was a guest Please that I had do. on last week, and I know that he's a friend of yours. His name is Pete Aiello, and I want to give him kudos. Hialeah Park closed out a record-setting quarter horse meet, and with Pete as the director of simulcasting, I'm sure he had a lot to do with it. So shout-out to the mellow fellow, the round mound of sound, Peter Aiello. So great to have you on with us, Ed. There's just so much racing, good racing this week. Uh, I, I had to have you back on the show. Uh, uh, what I'm going to use uh, Jeremy Balin from the Blood Horse for the pretty much the West Coast perspective, but I'm going to pepper you uh, down in Florida and uh, at Oak Lawn Park. Let's start with that one. Uh, I talk about a head scratcher, the Honey Bee. It's a Grade Three. It does carry Kentucky Oaks points. I have one, two, three, four. Five horses at a minimum that I would have to consider dangerous in this race. Of course, 
The one that we can't help but talk about is Promise Me Silver. Uh, this gray filly could be some kind of freak. She's by a $3,500 stallion. She's undefeated in her career, a Texas bred, uh, well-traveled. She's made six starts, every one of them a winning one, every one of them at a different racetrack, Ed. You know, when you don't have to take your racetrack with you, that makes it extra special, as we, as we both know. Promise Me Silver, uh, six for six. Now, I mean, that, that's pretty impressive, to say the least, John. But actually, I've been kind of following with Mary Rampolini, who covers the Oakland beat, and uh, she had her finger on the pulse of, of everything good uh, in Oakland. And actually, this is a big numbers week as far as for, uh, for the Kentucky Oaks uh, ramifications. John, in, this, in the honeybee, kicking it right off, it's a grade three event, a mile and a 16th. A good friend of yours is the trainer of the horse that I really like, and I think this might be a really strong bet for me because I went back and I watched the replay, and that's number five, Pangburn, in the right. in the honeybee. Uh, Jesus casting on a board for Kenny McPeak, who's having a very solid meet of winning 19%, one for one over the Oakland Strip. Actually, this is her second time in 2015. Uh, last year, a win, a second in the grade two Pocahontas. If, in fact, you have the opportunity, go back and watch Pangburn's race, you'll see Kenny McPeak's handiwork come right to the top. If you get 7-2, to two, bet early and bet often. And if you like Pangburn and you're looking for a price, I don't have any odds in front of me, but do not disregard Bootsy's girl who ran against Pangburn last time and, and had traffic. If you go back and look at that race, keep an eye on her and was gaining in second. I got a feeling that this is a horse that a mile 16th isn't going to scare off. Uh, Kellen Gordner, who's an up-and-coming trainer. Uh, I'm just thinking people are going to overlook this horse. You're going to get a few odds. Uh, other long shot, uh, this Purr had a huge wake-up call last time. Uh, you got Sarah Sis, who's the speed. But take a look at the horse that Sarah Sis, who's ridden by who? Leo Felix. Just lost. You know, your horse is ahead. to one, John. I mean, do we, buy, do we just stick our two together and just put a nice fat exacta box? I think we got to. This horse just got beat ahead by Take Charge Brandy. Uh, you know what? I see a three-horse box coming out of this, but for me, my two bucks to win is going on Pangburn. Well, two bucks. It's probably going to be at least maybe three bucks. All right. Well, you know my time restraint, so I'm going to have to move you along okay. to another race that uh, – that it could have uh, derby uh, implications, and uh, that would be the uh, at Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Derby. Obviously, it's the coming out party for Carpe Diem, one of Todd Pletcher's big horses. He's trying to keep away from his other big horses. Horse has been working very lights out. Horse doesn't have to win it. You don't know if it's going to be a tightener. In here, Ed, I like Ocean Knight. This horse passed the Gotham and stayed down there after winning the Sam Davis. I'm going to agree with you wholly on, on Ocean Night, especially a two-to-one. I read Ortiz, Kira McLaughlin, who's actually two-for-two, two, a win and a second in the money at Tampa. And the thing that was actually the, the big stick-out point, the big sore thumb, was Carpe Diem. They, they were chatting with Elliot Walden, president of Windstar. And, in fact, if you take a look at Windstar's record, a lot of seconds and a third, which I believe the year that they ran third, they won the Kentucky Derby that year. But I believe Elliot Walden was more concerned with progression and looking looking good pressing forward. So Carpe Diem, I don't know, is, is going to be all out to really press to, uh, to knock this one out of the park. But if you get a good, solid effort and something to build on, you know, 
John, that's what actually swung me to Ocean Night over, over Carpe Diem. Hey, I'll see you today at another time, but uh, Ocean Night's all for me. And if you want a long shot, look no further than the four Amy's Flatter. Oh, my God, Ed, I've got a long shot written down by that horse's name. You're unbelievable. Amy's First Flatter? Lay six blinkers on. Yes. You you got uh, blinkers on first Lasix Josie Carroll uh, son of uh, son of Flatter John I think they got a nice uh, nice effort out of the Sam Davis went back and watched it again this is a three horse box but Ocean Knight gets my win money all right well I'm up against the clock you, good friend of ours Jeff Greenhill's on deck next but real quick what a guy stakes. no points because it's only seven furlongs. Uh, looks very much like the Tampa Bay race. Todd Pletcher's got an, uh, probably a horse that'll be an overwhelming favorite. And Daredevil been working lights out. Could be a day where that's a prep race for him. And then there's two horses in here I like, XY Jet and Senior Grits as a closer. I'm going to go all the way on the outside to the eight bluegrass singer, eight to one Prado for Marcus Vitali, cutting back from a mile and a sixteenth through seven panels. That's a plus. Definitely lots of speed. And this gelding, John, is five for six in the money at Gulfstream Park. As you would like to say, a horse for a course. I got HFC written by his name, Ed. You know me too well. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, man, because I needed some help today. There were so many uh, races that popped up, and I wanted to reach out to you. You know, you're my go-to man. And right now we're going to go to a guy I know you are friends with and that you admire a lot, and, and that's Jeff Greenhill, who's been a, a very busy man, but he's snowbound today. Your listeners are going to love hearing what Jeff has to say. He, he really brings the everyday perspective. He's going to want to make more horse owners out of your listeners than anyone. That's what I'm hoping. All right, we've been talking with Ed Meyer, the former host of this very show and one of the best writers on winningponies.com. Quick break. We'll be right back with Jeff Greenhill. school to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me is one of the hottest trainers in North America. You can go ahead and run the stats. Uh, for any trainer that's won at least uh, nine races last year, he came away from it total 34%. And believe me, he ran a lot more than nine races. We're going to be talking with Jeff Greenhill for the sake of transparency. Back when I was a horse owner, he was my trainer, his partner. And uh, it was just a marvelous entrance into the game. Not that I hadn't been in the game for a while, but uh, I, I never had a, had a trainer that so much welcomed me back to the barn and gave me so much information about the horses that I had a piece of. And he's just a fun guy to be around. Uh, somebody you don't normally see on the back stretch is a trainer that's a graduate of a, a prestigious university like Auburn. He was a chemical engineer, got to retire early, and turned to the love of his life after working under the D. Wayne Lucas Shedrow. His name is Jeff Greenhill. Jeff, welcome again to Winning Ponies. Uh, thank you, John. I really appreciate that. Well, uh it, my my question to you right now is how are you weathering the storm? You're you're in one of the uh, the deep pockets of Kentucky right now, Lagrange, Kentucky. Uh, we're weathering the storm fine. Not getting to train as much as we'd like, but I I think probably most horses are overtrained. More horses are overtrained than undertrained. Usually, when I can't train my horses, they run a little better. <laughs> well, my question is this, and, you know, we've seen this all over the country. Uh, there's been cancellations, harsh weather, uh, changes track condition. I mean, as, as a trainer, what is it you have to do to keep your horses still fit and, and on a schedule? How do you work around the, the, the harsh weather, the ever-changing track conditions, not even knowing if perhaps you can train that day? It's, uh, it's, 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 it's really... Uh, jigsaw puzzle. Uh, and for instance, I'm pretty sure we won't train tomorrow at Turfway, or they may open the track, but I'm not going to carry a horse out there in zero-degree weather and burn his lungs up. So it's uh, it's a lot of common sense, and we, you know, it's, you just, your hands are tied. Your hands are tied, and you essentially just say, we're going to hunker down, we're going to get through this, and we're not going to carry any horses out there on bad tracks or in extreme cold weathers and get them hurt. Now, do you still do you still feed them the same? Do they walk the shed row? Do you put some weight on their back and have somebody just kind of, uh, I won't say jog, but, you know, take them around the shed row just to get the, get the legs loosened? I, I don't do a lot of shed rowing. We do walk them so we can get their stalls cleaned and uh, get fresh water to them. But... A lot of times in this kind of weather, as the old trainers would say, you just bed them deep and let them sleep. <laughs> well, um, how frustrating is it for you maybe to have a horse the, that you were able to train because we've had breaks in the weather, and then all of a sudden, boom, Mother Nature drops a bomb on us, and you find out the day of the race that the races are canceled, and now you got to go back to the condition book. It's... Uh... It depends on the situation. 
if I've drawn a bad post position and they have to cancel and redraw, that's a good thing. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it can be frustrating. But there's so much there's so much about this game that's frustrating. You just have to be able to just roll with the punches. You have if you can't be too uptight in this business. I don't think. I mean, there there are obviously a lot of people who are, but I just I. I my motto is just roll with the punches. We'll be fine in the long run. Well, you have been, and uh, I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but it was about a year ago uh, you had a situation where you had to go in for surgery, and I you know, I stay in touch with you uh, through social media and stuff, and you won just as many races not being there as if you were there. You surrounded yourself with a fantastic team of horsemen. Oh, it's the experience in my shed row is incredible. It's, uh, I have wonderful horsemen rubbing the horses. I, I, and I have pretty good horsemen walking the horsemen. So, I mean, walking the horses. So you're absolutely right. Point made. I go in for heart surgery and they keep running through the bridle. So, but it's always been my philosophy, even when I was a manager in chemical engineering that the best thing you can do in life is surround yourself with good people and let them do their job. <laughs> well, uh, you know, in this day and age where we, we see horses that don't make it past their four-year-old season, uh, you, you've had racetrack legends uh, like uh, El Bamba, who ran until he was 13 and won in his 100th start. Uh, TK's turn won six in a row uh, as a as a as a ten year old, and uh, you've got a what used to be a cheap Ohio bred named after a soul song that uh, has set three track records and just keeps knocking them out as an old age shake your groove thing. Won his last race, ten year old. Yeah, I mean, I I actually do. I really appreciate you bringing that up because I do pride myself in the fact that. We don't just run through them. We try and look at the long run and the big picture, and we have done we have done wonderfully with older horses. And it's and it's great to see a TK's turn once win six in a row as a ten year old. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm just thinking part of uh, your your mind as a chemical engineer, you're able to analyze things. It, it looks like years ago you took a step back and you analyzed the racing program in the Midwest, and you decided that a very wise way might be to get involved in state programs, whereas if you've got a good horse, you're going to be a big fish in a small pond. And you've done a marvelous job. Uh, you've had uh, champions in Ohio with silver-tongued. Uh, you've had uh, champions in Indiana with uh, Ancient Saint, who was also Indiana Horse of the Year. I believe there was another one whose name escapes me right now. But now we're talking a little bit about the winter weather and the struggles and things you're going through right now. But when you've got, got state-bred horses like that, because the seasons are kind of different, you kind of get to almost seasonally rotate your stable. That's exactly right, and that's a very good point. The, the, the majority of the Indiana horses are on the farm right now. We'll be coming in as soon as the weather breaks. Silver Tongue is on the farm right now. We'll be coming in as soon as the weather breaks. But state red programs have been a tremendous boon for me. And it's... Uh, as you mentioned, we had Indiana Horse of the Year and the Juvenile Ohio Bread of the Year, and then Pay the Toll was the Indiana Broodmare of the Year. And, you know, 
you take, I, I, I really hate to say it, but you take a little bit less of a horse and talent, but you stand out against state bred company. And so you're, you're spreading your risk, but at the same time, you're covering all the bases. And, uh, we have done, we've been extremely blessed in state bred programs. And now I have two Pennsylvania breads. So, you know, we're trying, what we try and do is go where we have to do to make money for our clients because this is a tough, tough game. And to pay the feed bill and the straw bill and the hay bill and pay me and my help, you have to go where the money is and then you have to excel. And we've been lucky enough to do that. Well, you just mentioned your clients, and as, as a former one, I know how well you take care of them. But what's great, Jeff, is in this day and age, we've got to bring new owners into the game. You've done a great job. I don't know if it's just through word of mouth, uh, people like me that have had a great experience with you, that love to tell other people uh, that, that you're a good man to get involved in because of your, your passion, your honesty, your success. Um, tell me about the advantages of, of partnerships and how it does help bring new owners into the game. Okay, let's just take, for instance, I go to Keeneland and I buy a yearly. Then I syndicate that horse. You can buy 10% of that horse, and that's going to obviously be 10% less than the cost of an entire horse. And then every month, your bill is going to be 10% of what, if you own the entire horse, would be. However, your privileges as an owner are 100%. Yes. You get to come to the paddock. On special, you get a free program. On special day, you know, you get to park wherever you want to. You get to come to the winner's circle. You get to sit in the bar over a beer and say, that's my horse. And I treat you like that. If you own 10% of a horse, you wouldn't know the difference from my perspective if you owned 100% of the horse. You're welcome to come to the barn. You're welcome to call me at any time, email me at any time, text me at any time. So for 10% of the cost, you get 100% of the enjoyment. Well, Jeff, you you just brought up kind of a sore spot with me in that I did not know that Pay the Toll was broodmare of the year. She was the last horse that we were partners on. Of course, at that time, I also had three sons that were either in college or about to be in college, and what they say you shouldn't get in racing unless you got disposable income. I had no more disposable income. Uh, here's a horse that, that that you raced was semi-successful, not as much as we all we all expected. But you've gone from breeding state-bred horses to her, and I just went up on your uh, Facebook page and saw that she just uh, foaled a, a beautiful horse by Awesome Again, who stands for seventy-five thousand. How'd you get from here to there? John, it's the reason we get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's the reason we play the game for these kind of success stories. Here's a mare that broke her maiden impressively at River Downs for 5000 Now, she had already run second twice in maiden special weight company in Kentucky, but took a spill coming off the track one day and, and dropped a little in class. But she broke her maiden for five. But her page was just – it screamed – Broodmare potential. Yes, so it did. We took her and we bred her to a thousand dollar stallion. She had a filly that ended up making half a million dollars and selling for almost a hundred thousand. Her next foal is a stakes winner of one hundred fifty thousand. Her next foal is one almost eighty thousand, still young. 
And now she just sold a foal, a colt, by a $75,000 stud fee stallion awesome again. It's just sometimes these things happen. And it's just <laughs> it's the reason we keep doing it, and it's, and it's what makes us smile. Well, you know, like I just say, I was so sad the day that I had to get rid of my share of her. Of course, I've been kicking myself in the butt ever since. Uh, just so people know that Jeff alludes to her pedigree, that this horse goes back to Toll Booth, if you go down three generations, who was broodmare of the year. So those bloodlines have obviously carried on and um, obviously identified by Adina Springs. Well, Jeff, again, going back to... Uh, the fact that you've got a great online presence, um, you you offer your horses to anybody that wants to come in on them at different percentages. Um, how, how do people get a hold of you? How can we get a hold of you? How can we see you online? How can we see what you have to offer? And I know that you always keep people up to date on what's happening at the barn. Right. It's uh, Here's a 60-year-old guy, nearly 60-year-old guy that's on Facebook and Twitter and got his own website. So I'm kind of bucking the trend. But the the website is jeffgreenhill.com. The uh, Twitter account is at Greenhill Racing. And then I'm just Facebook. You can look me up. There's not many Jeff Greenhills out there, and I'm there. And if you want to email me, I'll even tell you, I've got about as vain an email address as you can have. The email address is Jeff at jeffgreenhill.com. <laughs> well, I hope some of our listeners are excited by the fact that uh, uh, what they've heard today, and they're very much welcome to join you, and I do not want to let it go. The fact that this guy, one of the top trainers that flies under the radar in North America, 34% win percentage, and couldn't be one of the nicer guys I've ever met. Jeff, thanks so much for spending time with us on Winning Ponies. Anytime, John. We'll see you in the winter, sir. I look forward to it. All right. Well, coming up next, the new kid on the block, Jeremy Balin from the Blood Horse, is going to be with us on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing... 
The 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, a first-time starter on Winning Ponies, Jeremy Balin's with us. He's also with the Blood Horse, and he is out on the West Coast uh, as their assistant editor and a writer. And uh, he's had a lot of experience at uh, different uh, papers out there, the uh, Los Angeles Newspaper Group, the Orange County Register, the Los Angeles Register, um, and now he is with Blood Horse Publications and has really only been with them for a short amount of time. But uh, he's a guy that reminds me a little bit of me in that he had influences as horse players, family members, uh, learned how to read the racing form at an early time, went away to college, kind of forgot about it a little bit, and then all of a sudden got back into it when they started covering it as a journalist. So, Jeremy Balin, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a trip to think about um, how, how all this is developed and how I'm Covering horse racing for a living is something I never, uh, never really, really thought would be possible. But uh, you know, it, it's really working out well uh, to start with the blood horse. Well, uh, give, give me some background. Give me uh, early days at the races or early days of learning how to read the form. I know how I did hmm. through my brother Bob, who worked at Saratoga. Tell me about your background. I mean, I've been coming to to Santa Anita and Hollywood Park since since I was a baby, you know, rooting for, uh, rooting for whatever number of, of the age that I was at that particular time. Um, <laughs> that was kind of, uh, how, how I remember coming to the track in, in the early years. And then, uh, you know, as I grew older, uh, see a racing forum hanging around my dad's, uh, uh, kind of possessions and, you know, just learned and got brought along by him, uh, who, yeah, he got brought along by his father, so it's kind of a family tradition. Yes, well, I hear that a lot with different guests that we have on here, and uh, if it's not a family tradition, I know this is a question that uh, I wasn't going to ask you, but I want to ask you because I know you're fairly yeah. young. What is it you think we can do to start getting other 20-somethings to start reading the racing form or learning about our game? As far as, re- I mean, it's it's tough, and I think it's uh, it's a lot kind of like baseball where it gets passed down through generations. Um, you don't see a ton of brand new baseball fans who really don't have a background in it or don't have a father or a mother who was kind of a fan before. 
So I'm not sure if these these kind of auxiliary events really are drawing people to, you know, be horse racing fans. I think it gets a lot of people off the track. Um, but uh, as far as breeding horse players and, and getting getting new guys out like that, if, if I knew the answer to that, I'd be probably making a, a lot more money than I am right now. <laughs> You'd be racing czar. Well, yeah, like yeah. you said, there are ways, you know, I, uh, I cover the Keeneland beat a lot and, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of things and you see all these UK kids. And so they're there, they're on track, but uh, it seems like more than half of them are there as much for the buzz as they are to buy a program. And uh, then I'll see them leaving the track and they don't even realize the next race is going to be the bluegrass stakes. So uh, I, I just, I, I'm trying to reach out to somebody from your generation to find out how we get your generation back to the track. And like you said, most of the people I talk to, it's because they had a family member that, brought them along and got them interested yeah. because let's face it, once you get there and you get it in your blood, it's hard to shake. And, and I think uh, at least a development of, of this shared belief, California Chrome rivalry, which, which started, uh, you know, about a month ago um, for the, for the second time, you know, that if you were at the track that day and kind of felt that, um, that atmosphere, um, even with not a, not a ton of people, um, at the, at Santa Anita that day for uh, for the San Antonio um, or the Breeders' Cup or, or really really any big race like that, I can see somebody getting hooked in in that direction. But you know, if it, you got to come with somebody who knows there's going to be a big race that day to kind of get people indo- indoctrinated that way. So just coming on a, on a Thursday or Friday, well, that's something that I enjoy. I'm not sure if that's that's what is going to hook uh, somebody who just has no background in the sport. No, no, you really do. There has to be a leader of the gang, and I've been blasting that uh, own and, and bred horses along the way when my when my kids were young. So we would go go to the farm where the horses were. They got to see that part of it, and then they would come with me to the racetrack. And and since then, I, I see them bringing some of their buddies to the track and just saying, "Okay, well, look, you know, here, here's the five top trainers. Here's the five top jockeys. Oh, this horse likes the turf and the." You know, these kids are pretty smart that they're hanging out with, and uh, every now and then, as you know, you can get lucky, and all of a sudden, one of the four guys he's walking out with has 250 bucks in his pocket, and it's like, hey, I kind of like going to the races. So, yeah, it, it's good to have an ambassador with you to get you going, but these kids are smart, and when, a lot of times when they realize that they can get access to it uh, through their phone or just through statistics and and end up eliminating horses or coming up with reasons to bet certain ones, um, you know, it can get them excited. And I really, like like you said, you need somebody to be the band leader to get them there. Yeah, because uh, I can imagine the first time you come to the track, you, you kind of show up and, uh, you know, if you don't have somebody to kind of lead you through it, you can you can be sort of overwhelmed, overwhelmed not knowing you how to read a racing form, just going off the program and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, that... that that kind of shepherd, I think, is is key. Well, you are uh, you're blessed in the fact that you've got a press pass that's going to get you into Santa Anita this week, and you're going to see the 78th running of the Santa Anita Handicap, a, a race just steeped in history. And I do believe that mm-hmm. they have events uh, surrounding Sea Biscuit uh, that are going to be at, at the track this week, and uh, certainly uh, shared belief. Is, is in the spotlight. Didn't scare anybody away, though, for sure. This is called a handicap, which means 
the racing secretary gets to put weight on their back. And uh, Jerry Hollendorfer obviously has a lot of belief in shared belief, and I believe he has groupies that are called believers now. He's going to pack 125 pounds, but really that's only two more pounds than what he's carried in his last two wins in the Malibu and the Santa Anita Invitational. Uh, eight. There's no such thing as a sure thing. He's got a bullet mm-hmm. on his back, but he looks strong in here, doesn't he, Jeremy? I mean, I've, what I wrote on uh, what I wrote yesterday is, is when the nominations came out, this just looked like such an unbelievable, potentially unbelievable race. And um, you know, even when the weights came out with with horses like Constitution in there and and Prome, which we we knew, which was never going to happen, um, even like a, a, a horse that's proven himself on turf, Finnegan's Wake. But then what what came out was a little little underwhelming. I've been staring at the the past performances for for this race for about a day now, just trying to find any type of angle that can see anybody come on top of shared belief, and it's just it's just not there. So, <laughs> I mean, it it, uh, it is a big purse race and it has a ton of history, but uh, it's really hard to see beyond. Uh, the favorite here and, and share belief will probably go off. I was just talking to somebody probably two to five, one to five um, in, in this group. Well, our listeners of course like to play uh, exotics and, and, and trifectas. Um, you got a, you got a couple interesting horses that started mm-hmm. their careers in, in uh, Chile and Brazil. Uh, I find it interesting. Gary Stevens decided to, to stay on top of, uh, an Argentinian bred by Giants Causeway, who put in some really solid buyers, a 94 and a 96 buyer uh, out of its last races. Um, Imperative, I don't know if he's back to his old self, but this is a horse that can jump up and, and win some big ones, as he did in the Charlestown Classic over Game on Dude and Moreno last year. He's won over $1.3 million. And then uh, my friend Ron Paolucci, uh, buys this Sir Quizicuiono for 62000 runs out, runs eyes out in the Sunshine Millions Classic with a 102 buyer and ships all the way over there. So it's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see the horses you put underneath. And, of course, we all know probably who's going to have the, the lead going into the first two, turn in Moreno. And any of these uh, horses uh, uh, that, that I've mentioned and uh, that, that – you would kind of put underneath maybe to make some money. Yeah, just just anecdotally, um, when Stevens did ride ride catch a flight last time out, um, you know I was down. I think that was his five thousandth win, um, and I was down there to talk to him, and he was he was just so excited about this horse potentially running the big cap. So anecdotally, that if he's excited about uh, a shot with this horse in this race, you know I I wouldn't put that past him. Um, but the, the other, the other, uh, contenders in this race, at least for, for exotics, um, uh, you know, Moreno is going to have the lead, but he just, it just seems like he quits every single time. Um, now can he stay for, for second against this group? You know, prob probably second or third. I can see that imperative if he's going to need a lot to happen for him to, to get a good closing trip on, on this track. Um, but uh, the the I don't even know how to pronounce it, Sir Kiskeano, um That that last race just looks like an aberration on, on paper. So it, it's 
it is a horse race. It's going to be interesting to see, but uh, as far as underneath horses, I mean, Imperative might be coming really, really fast late. Um, I, I would say for a price, that's probably your best play. Well, all those horses I named, I wouldn't. I, when I pull, I get my PPs as early as I can, so I have no odds in front of me whatsoever. But it'll be great, and I, I think it'll be great for racing if shared belief gets the job done. Jerry Hollendorfer mm-hmm. has done such an outstanding job. Let's remind people that this is a horse that's only lost one race in his career from ten starts. Has won over two point three million dollars, and in that race, let's face it, he had a legitimate excuse. If you yeah. watch the Breeders' Cup Classic last year, so there's been plenty of debate about that but either way uh we're talking about pacific time five o'clock uh that race is going to go off so that would be for your east coast guys closer to eight so a big full card at santa anita we're going to take a little bit of a break when we come back we're going to talk about a race that uh, could have kentucky derby implications uh the san philippe also it's at san anita so uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break right here and we are talking with Jeremy Balin from the Blood Horse. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we. We cover everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the one two three Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love one two three Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and uh, back with us, like I said, a first-time starter here on Winning Ponies. Uh, Jeremy Balin, who is now working with the Blood Horse, kind of covering what's happening out there on the West Coast. I uh, appreciate you being with us. And uh, we just kind of broke down what's going to be one of the better races uh, of the year, perhaps. 
certainly one that's going to carry a lot of interest, the Santa Anita Handicap. But here's another race that's going to cause a lot of interest, and that's the San Felipe. It's a grade two. Eight of the ten horses in this race are nominated for the Triple Crown. Now, do we have a good matchup coming up? Do we have a new rivalry coming up? We're going to find out because we. this is going to be the battle of the undefeateds. We have Dortmund in here, Bob Baffert trainee that has done nothing but win all four of his starts, a son of Derby winner, Big Brown. If you saw that last race, this is one game horse, man. He got headed in the stretch, more than headed. He was a link back and came back and won. He's been favored every race he ever won. Uh, Dortmund is the name of the horse, but he's going to face another undefeated horse, and Ocho, 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 who could be Mike Smith's ride in the Kentucky Derby. Both of them Triple Crown nominees. Both of them have won at the mile and the 16th distance. And there's kind of maybe a new kid on the block here by the name of Lord Nelson that could factor into this race. So as dominant as Dortmund has been and has been impressive this year, we don't know enough about Ocho Ocho's return except that he's spitting bullets. And Lord Nelson jumped up and was on top of his game at seven furlongs. The mile and the sixteenth hasn't done the stretch yet. They look like the three you gotta look at. Jeremy, you take it from here. Yeah, I mean I was here and it's interesting that, that Dortmund is trying to sort of overshadow shared belief again because that, that that race last time out in the uh in the Robert B. Lewis was, was the same day as, um, as the San Antonio, uh, with Chrome and, and shared belief. But, uh, for, for a Colt to do that, a three-year-old Colt to come back after falling a length behind at the eighth pole and, uh, to do that on the rail is just one of the, one of the most impressive things that I've seen in a, in a, in a long time. Um, but just to his inside, um, in the two spot is Ocho, Ocho, Ocho. And, like you said, the, the workouts are just, you can't ask for much better than that. Um, and uh, and they're gonna, it looks like they're going to be getting a similar trip, too, which might even make things a little bit more exciting. Um, uh, as far as Lord Nelson, I still need to see a, a whole lot more. Uh, didn't look so great going a mile and a 16th last time. Uh, and then uh, in the San Vicente, when he beat uh, Texas Red, it was kind of Texas Red's prep race for hopefully another another shot at a, at a derby prep and then he happened to get hurt but uh, I'm, I'm not sure he was getting texas red's best shot in that one either so uh there, there's a lot of possibilities in here this horse sir samson um uh, seems to be improving with every start uh same with uh bolo uh with those two horses will both be on the outside and then there's this this wild card pain and misery uh, who just has is a sprinter and you know could kind of change the whole complexion of this race. Well, yeah, I, I find that a horse that just seems to get better every single race, and uh, whether or not he's the quality of the ones that I've already mentioned is Prospect Park. Mm-hmm. And he's the son of the Red Hot Sire Tappet. I know that he has not been in graded state competition, but if you look at his speed figures. He gets better and better and better, and he has tackled this distance twice with, with a win and, and a game third um, against Pioneer of the West, who came back and won again, and Prospective Park, who came back and and, and broke its maiden the next time out. Um, you know, if you're looking for value, I'm not saying as a winner, but you might want to mm-hmm. 
mix, mix them in with these other horses. So there, there's definitely some promise. I mean, there's a reason why these horses, that eight to ten of them are nominated at the Triple Crown. Yeah, you could make a case for pretty much any of these horses to, if they run their best, they're going to be right there. But, uh, yeah, Prospect Park kind of concerns me. It took him, took him that long to get going. And, and this, the last race he, he was out, he did, did dominate. Um, but, uh, there's only one horse I think that you can X out. That's probably, uh, Kenji Storm. Um, I'm not really sure why he's in this group, but, uh, uh, and the, maybe the the gomper as well, um, but uh, there is a lot of quality in here. Well, I'm looking forward to it again. Two undefeated, Ocho, 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 and Dortmund. One of them will. Well, you don't know what's going to happen in racing, but uh, there's a chance that one of them is going to remain undefeated in this race. All right, let's go to one of the most historic races uh, in America. That's been very important, and we're going to take you all the way over to Aqueduct. Got about three minutes left. It is the Grade 3 Gotham. It's a Grade 3, but, boy, don't throw this race out. It was first won by Native Dancer, and then you had such outstanding horses as, as Dr. Fager, a verbatim, a nice chestnut colt by the name of Secretariat, uh, his son, General Assembly, uh, Gone West, Easy Goer. I mean, it, it's a who's who of three-year-olds that went on to become very fantastic horses later in their life. A couple their other two-year-old champions, Stay Thirsty, and Hanson came out of this race. Vijack came out of this race. Uh, so you're going to get a talented field. Obviously, El Kabir, it looks like he's the one to beat in here. But I, I find two interesting horses in here, Jeremy. Uh, classy class, uh, Karen McLaughlin's uh, doing very well. This horse ran a nice race last time, uh, was... Uh, you know, had had the lead most of the way and and faltered. But the horse that's a mystery horse to me just moved from Parks Racing after breaking its maze and easily goes to the barn of Bill Mott. Tis Shady, I guess, would be the name of the horse. But without a doubt, El Kabir is the one to beat strictly off its class. Yeah, and uh, I just don't think El Kabir can get away with getting into another speed duel again uh, against this field. Uh, and, he, and he didn't get away with it last time when, when Far From Over practically fell out of the gate and, and came back to came back to win. Uh, what was that? The, the Withers. Um, so if he gets into locked into another duel with with Classy Class, you know I think it's going to be trouble again because there there are capable horses in here that can come off the pace. Um, you know I, I even like uh, one of the the three way entries uninfluenced. Um, uh, I also think. Combat diver can can be in play late if if they really rush out. So uh, and Tis Shady, <laughs> I don't know about. That. I mean, coming off of five and a half furlongs, I don't even know what to expect out of that guy. But uh, if you if you like him at fifteen to one, I think that's a pretty good play to make. Well, the Gotham Stakes again has been a very influential stakes. Maybe not always on the Derby, but certainly down the road, great, great horses have uh, competed in this race. Well, Jeremy Balin, I can't uh, thank you enough for being with us. I wish you the best with your tenure with the Blood Horse, and I hope you won't be a stranger to our listeners at Winning Ponies. I appreciate it. All right, that was Jeremy Balin, and I want to again give kudos out to my friend Ed Meyer for jumping in and helping us out with some of the other handicapping here. And, of course, one of the most accomplished Trainers in North America, Jeff Greenhill, for being with us. 
Well, I'd like to say I was overlooking the turf course, but I can't. I'm snowbound. I'm here in my house. So I hope wherever you are, you're safe and sound. Enjoy your weekend at the races. And don't forget, log on to winningponies.com. And when you do, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.